I hope you're strapped in and strapped on. Do you fancy going to a swingers club today? <laughs> Exploring, swinging. How different couples operate and how single people operate. And sometimes you don't know until you try it. Part of a community that are full of body positive people. I'm so excited to have you join today, Azalea. Um, kind of before we get into the weeds on today's topic, um, can we just start things off by having you tell me um, a little bit about how you identify kind of whatever that means to you? Uh -huh. Yeah, so in regards to what we're going to talk about today, I'm a 29-year-old single female um, from UK. And I am pansexual within the LGBT community and yeah I'm part of the ethical non-monogamy umbrella and I'm a swinger and I also am part of the sex working community. I'm an escort, webcam girl. Um yeah, I think that I'd like that covers the main <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, your ethical non-monogamy and swinging journey? How did you get into and start exploring those worlds? Um, and maybe for folks, I've done some episodes on ethical non-monogamy and kind of explained to folks like polyamory versus swinging versus cuckolding versus, you know, all the different terms. But if you could sort of explain um, maybe kind of what your ethical non-monogamy and swinging sort of looks like for folks who are a little unfamiliar. Yeah, absolutely. So I originally got onto the scene, well, the lifestyle, however you want to define it, um, back in 2017. So it was a world completely unknown to me back then. And I met somebody on Tinder um, we started seeing each other very casually and one day he just said to me, he was like, do you fancy going to a swingers club today? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, okay. Like I've always been really like sexually open and stuff. So I was yeah. like, yeah, sounds exciting. Let's go. Um, and we went there a couple of times and just explored casually together. Um, but then I met somebody else and ended up in a monogamous relationship with him for five years and I had my children with him uh, we've got mm. two girls together um but throughout that entire relationship like you know that was always in the back of my mind like non-monogamy because I just started to explore that and that was always something in the back of my mind but I was totally monogamous with this person and then mm -hmm. towards the end of the relationship I started to kind of bring up that discussion where one I wanted to explore my sexuality a bit more I did want to like, explore with women and I, yeah. I brought that up to him and I said you know how would you feel about us bringing another girl into it and he was totally like no like he's 100% mm. monogamous he was not interested in that at all yeah um we ended up ended our relationship which was nothing to do with what I've just been talking about but yeah um as soon as we broke up, the the first thing I kind of thought was, oh, well, I get to go and explore that again. Yeah. So I ended up joining um, a website called Fab Swingers. Um, I, I don't know if you're aware of that website or not. Mm -hmm. um, no? Not me, so no. like um, the main kind of website that is used, especially in the UK, um, mm -hmm 
to access like the swinging community um and yeah i just started doing like a few private meets with people um so outside of clubs um and he introduced me to um another group of people on um discord actually um mm. and it a discord server which was for this specific event um at swingers club so i started chatting to people on there and i quickly started realizing how great the swinging community could be like i started mm. talking to all these people who were so open and free and kind and just wonderful people and i was like wow i can't wait to meet them all so i ended up going to a club um to this event and it just started from there really i just started networking with people and you know you just start making friends and that was like maybe a year and a half ago and i'd say that i've been to swinging events at clubs like at least every month since Mm. so quite active on the scene um and yeah now i'm admin to this um part of the admin team for this like swingers group on discord too yeah like i I really find like a sense of community there which i absolutely love um and it's just yeah it's just been a really eventful year for me in regards to finding my place in the community so yeah Yeah. and have you found that the swing community for you so far has been a great way or place to explore um your sexuality uh, in sort of like the queer and pansexual avenue as well is it a pretty open space for for queer exploration too for women it is yeah it's a really good way to explore your sexuality because you know a lot you do find it is mainly like couples who want to explore with other women Mm. Uh, from my experience it's a little different for men on the scene like that's quite a big topic that comes up a lot that men still don't really find um their place much in regards to exploring sexuality but as a woman yeah i've definitely explored my sexuality a lot yeah yeah so do you find that like a majority of like when you go to a club or do private meetups a majority of it is like straight couples guy and a girl and they're looking to explore with a third is that like a majority of it or is it take different forms yeah i mean the 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 most surprising thing i found when i started exploring the community was how many different dynamics Mm. there are and how you know not straightforward at all it yeah. is because yeah i mean you've got like couples who just want to explore with like women so what's more commonly known as like a unicorn on the scene yeah um so that's how i would describe myself as a, as a single woman on the scene um yeah but yeah there, there's so many different dynamics it, it, I, we could do a, like an entire hour of talking about just <laughs> dynamics in swinging and how different couples operate and how single people operate it's just so yeah uh, yeah no it's it's interesting to me and I think um one of the things you mentioned is like it's harder for men who are curious um to kind of explore in the scene and um I guess I I separate from that though sort of related is it 
common for um or are there any overlaps have you found in the swinging community that you're a part of and like cuckolding dynamics because like I think when I picture a situation where like a straight couple comes into um a sex club of any kind if there's like a single man present there can be or is maybe often even a dynamic of um the man and the couple kind of submitting a little bit to this third party man is do you see any like elements of that yeah absolutely yeah i've seen that i've seen that a lot um i mean i was at a club on friday night and i was in like there's like a there's a big playroom so it's like a very open space where like anybody can just like kind of go and explore public play um and guaranteed every time i'm in there i will see like a couple playing and like the guy from the couple you know a very much yeah situation so i do see it quite often yeah 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 that's interesting i find like when people talk to me about ethical non-monogamy um or ask me questions about it it's the i think what people get who aren't a part of the community get most curious about is understanding like what they perceive as being like a complicated dynamic and I think some of that overlaps with what you and I would see as like kink or fetish or BDSM right where like you know if if there's the overlap um or correlation to like a kink or fetish practice someone like you or I come from like a more sex ed and or kinky background right um and people on the podcast know I identify as kinky. Like, there are elements there that people get curious about if they're not familiar with it. Yeah, I, I can understand that from uh, an out, kind of an outsider's point of view who don't really know much about the swinging community. But, yeah, you know, I mean, you've spoke about on other episodes about, like, the stereotype of mm-hmm. just, like, you know, middle-aged couples that <laughs> yeah. are going to, like or in marriage who just want to go to have some fun and it's just so far from the truth like yeah you know I mean and there's like so in the UK I don't know what the swinging scenes like in the US but in the mm. UK like there is a lot of like specific events for like different types of things so mm. um like for example the, the kink scene I found it quite surprising how a lot of people like to separate the kink scene and swing in. Like you mm. do see it sometimes, but there are a lot of specific events to go to just to explore kink within swing in. Um, just like there's like LGBTQ plus um, events for that, and um, a lot of the events I go to are like advertised as like plus size friendly events and. Mm. There's like um, an event at a club I go to called the Hot Wives Club, where that will yeah. be like a lot of like you know cuckolding type things going on there. So it's just yeah, it's it's just crazy how many different like different things there are within swinging. Like it, yeah, it's just like swinging itself is just like become such an umbrella term in my mind. Yeah. Um, which I find quite interesting and the diversity that's there. Hmm. That's really interesting because I, I, and I think that makes like logistics sense. I'm curious from your perspective on this as someone who like administrates a discord server for the community, but like, I guess it, it helps make space for people to opt in or consent into certain play that like maybe if you went to a general swinging 
event you wouldn't necessarily be prepared to see, let alone participate in, um, like BDSM or specific relationship dynamics or, or whatever that looks like. Um, for you as a as an admin in the Discord server, do you help organize events or are you more kind of helping folks get connected to events that like will interest them or people who yeah so the the discord server that i'm part of was originally created for a specific event which Mm -hmm. the event runners like event organizers created but something happened just as I joined the Discord server and there was like quite a lot of like drama and arguments mm. and stuff. Um and the organizers kinda just said, you know, I don't like we just want to focus on the event. We don't really want to run the server anymore. So they handed that over to a friend um of mine and he's done an amazing job since but um so now the the server is more like we do work with event organizers so there's like channels within the server which are for specific events but the main purpose of it is to kind of you know connect with people on the scene and there is a lot of support on there as well which is what I love most about it because yeah you know that that lifestyle can be very mentally emotionally difficult and draining and you know as a society we're kind of unlearning monogamy together um so yeah we do support each other a lot on there um yeah it's really it's really good yeah that's great I think um it can be hard um in any I mean well I was was gonna say I think it can it can be hard to know where to go um with to talk to seek support for situations that are treated by greater society as taboo um and i think the uk is better about some elements of this than the u.s the u.s obviously is i mean well i don't know any country right now is pretty problematic but um but what's interesting too is i think um kink communities ethical non-monogamy community communities that exist outside of sort of the sexual norm Uh i think tend to be better about support than your kind of run-of-the-mill heteronormative monogamous vanilla communities because you have to be because you're negotiating into and seeking consent for um a, like potentially a lot of of you know consensually boundary crossing or explorative practices that like Absolutely. we're not used I, to yeah I totally agree i mean the now i'm like more established in the city like when I first started doing it I couldn't like go to like what I call my vanilla friends yeah (laughs) I can't can't go to them and be like oh god yeah last night I was like with this couple and this happened and like you know and this was really difficult for me because they're just like wow like I I do not know what to say or how to talk (laughs) yeah so like mind-blowing like the entire world so you do like as a single female who was starting on the scene knowing nobody it was it was very like lonely and very like overwhelming Mm. so to have that access to you know connect to other people is really important um especially within 
when you start exploring other avenues such as like kink and um you know just anything related to it that wouldn't normally be discussed in your vanilla yeah circle. Mm. how have you because i i know um in our chat kind of leading up to recording you talked about exploring um being submissive but also kind of exploring being more of a switch or kind of dabbling in that can you talk about how like negotiating or and I use that term because I I feel like it's important it's important for people who aren't in like BDSM or king communities understand that you do have to talk about it before you can't just show up and start being a submissive or being a dominant right you do have to talk about it a little bit in some shape or form but like how how does it work in the swing community to say like hey I'm in the mood to be a submissive or hey I kind of want to try being a little bit more dominant like how do you go about talking about that so yeah that, so basically we i mean i had a conversation with a lot of people in the discord about this because we have a um we have a channel that's specific uh, that's specific to like king and bdsm mm -hmm. um, and a while back we all kind of did um the bdsm test you know that shows all yeah. the percentages of you know your kinks and then we did it again more recently and I looked at like the differences between my last test and this test and we were having a massive conversation about like how shocked and surprised we are at how it's changed over time mm. and the discussion that came up there was um how our boundaries are always changing within yeah. like the swinging community especially within kink and I think it just kind of naturally occurs as you start exploring that so for me more specifically um i found the more i have started playing with other women the more i felt more dominant mm -hmm. and that's just like a natural feeling that i find with some women that i just feel a little bit more like coming out of my submissive side yeah and and that like sparks a bit of an interest in my mind we're like oh okay maybe i weren't as submissive as i thought so let's like start exploring that a little bit more um and i'm just very lucky that i'm in a community where i can start exploring that mm. um so like maybe i'd start talking to other more kink friendly uh people within the community and just say you know this is what I kind of want to explore. Like, are you yeah, happy to explore that with me, or you know, or they were like point you towards an event where you might meet somebody to explore that, and mm. just all leads on from each other, really. And it's just it just all ties together really nicely. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I so I identify as pansexual as well, um, or just like broadly queer, and I, um, you know, similarly, like always identified as a submissive and I've I've been kinky, kinky for as long as I've been having sex but like yeah I think part of it is women and uh the society that we live in you're sort of like okay well I have to be submissive by default right like that's sort of the role that um I'm supposed to make or supposed to hold because it's like in porn or other representations of sex like if there's a woman who's dominant it's such a specific flavor of dominance right and you're like well I don't necessarily feel like wearing a leather cat suit today so maybe I'm not a dominant right and it's like and and you know there there are different versions of it but um 
for me, it was it was honestly similar. And I'm not um, I've been ethically non-monogamous in past relationships. I'm currently monogamous, but I mm-hmm. have had situations where I was like, wow, I am I am super dominant with women. And I've over time allowed myself to explore that with my male partner and say, like, hey, I, you know, am exclusively a top if if I'm with a woman and I've always been submissive with men like what's up with that like is can I blur these lines and if so what does that look like I feel like it's so important but I love to hear that the swinging community um makes space for that because I think like you've got sort of like in my mind <laughs> like a smorgasbord of, of options right you've got all these different people who have different experiences and like especially if you can talk to other people who have been able to explore their sexuality like what role they play in any kind of scene or dynamic like you can learn from other people and explore mm-hmm. with them or after talking to them and it's really cool yeah I mean I'm still very much like I would say that I am experienced with pink but yeah when you think about the bigger picture of it and how much I'm actually yet to explore mm-hmm. and discover I actually feel like such a speck on the on, on in the world of mm. pink um but i'm happy to just take my time with that because i know that i'm in a position to be able to do that and i know that i'm in a safe space to be able to do that which is a great feeling um yeah. but when you mix in swinging and kink it, it's just such an interesting um thing to explore because i mean i had a bit of a situation it was that was the day I realized that maybe like kink and swinging's not as like compatible as I thought because mm. um I was at a um a club in Birmingham mm-hmm. and it was a really really busy event um it was just a swinging event and I they actually have hotel rooms at the at the club mm. which I I had a room that night and. I was like, hmm, I really want to explore something with um, a couple of friends. So me and my partner at the time and two of my friends like went to the, to the hotel room with, like, he always brings his kink bag to these events, so he's just got, like, you know, so many toys and stuff in there. And yeah. um, I was like, yeah, let's go explore. But then, like, quite a few other people was like, oh, we'd be interested in, like, spectating this. Like, can we come and have a look? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I, I mean, I don't mind playing in public so I'm like that's fine yeah and we we're in this tiny hotel room and there was about 15 people in there like <laughs> kind of like crammed in there uh, which were really like interesting um so we was like so I remember being on the bed and my partner at the time was like you know really we, we were going pretty intensely we were doing a lot of heavy impact play and yeah uh, it was it was really heavy stuff, but I didn't realise it was heavy in my head because I'm just used to playing that way. And yeah. I remember, like, towards the end of the session, like, I looked over and my friend was, just looked absolutely mortified. And I was just like, oh, like, mm, maybe that this is not okay. And then I remember, like, taking her out of the room and just being like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And she was really, really concerned. She was, like, really upset and really, like, it really triggered her. And I was just mm. like, oh, like, you know, maybe I need to be a bit more cautious about this in future. And I think maybe I kind of, like, 
took her consent away because she didn't really know what she was going to be exploring and that was like mm. a massive learning curve for me when um, mixing kink and swinging because I think a lot of people just think oh everybody's there for sex everybody's like really open so you can just kind of do what you like and explore whatever you want but that's not the case at all which I learned that day um, yeah so after that point, I was definitely a lot more careful about doing kink in public areas. That's not specifically for that. Mm. Um, because at a lot of um, swinging clubs, there is um, like dungeons and stuff specifically for that. Yeah. So I'm like a lot more careful to just explore that there now after that incident. Um, I mean, obviously I explained to her that it was all consensual and I'm totally fine. And she was okay after I spoke to her, but... Um, yeah, I think it's just important to not make assumptions about things and mm. you know, be respectful of other people, which a lot of people kind of forget about when you're in a swingers club sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's a really important lesson. And for folks who are listening, who are exploring um, public play or any type of um, like sex club encounter swinging or otherwise, right? Like, you do have to be aware of what other people are consenting or not consenting into. And, and in that situation, like obviously your friend had said, yeah, like let's go explore. I like, I'm, I'm going to watch, or I'm going to be in the room, whatever. But I think part of like the, the problem, an important problem, something that like everyone everywhere is trying to figure out is like, everyone has baggage period. Like we we're all human. We all have our own shit. And like, there's no way to separate that from sex, in my opinion, right? We're all carrying whatever we've got going on into the bedroom. And, like, it's important for us to be aware of what that is so that we know what our boundaries are. And sometimes you don't know until you try it. And I think as long as you're, like, in a safe situation with the right people, then it's okay to try things that are you, you are curious about but maybe not sure about. Um, but, like, it's it's a it's – a, it's a process and it, it like like you said like you were consenting and you were you know like having sex the way you're used to having sex right so it's not like you did anything wrong it's just having to understand um no no i don't i definitely yeah. didn't feel like i'd done anything wrong because yeah i went into like a, my private space with people mm-hmm. who to come like they knew that we were going to be exploring kink but she obviously had a boundary that she didn't realize that she has until she like that's like just a topic on its own isn't it like boundaries and figuring out what it is your boundaries are which you know like we've just said you don't know what they are until you experience it and then you adjust those boundaries which is you know i think what ethical non-monogamy and kink is all based on really isn't it so yeah yeah and it's important to I mean this is why people in the BDSM community talk about aftercare because sometimes you have to like process uh-huh. process the shit that you've just yeah, experienced I mean, in that particular instance like that was me giving her aftercare she wasn't even involved mm-hmm. like, just watching and you know I took her to the side and I sat with her for quite a while we had conversations after that day about it and I just kind of like explained as best as I could what was happening and you know that was okay and just making sure she was okay so yeah 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 no I think that's that's important um 
I'm sure she appreciated that too, just because like, especially I feel like if you're an onlooker, then you don't have necessarily like one person to turn to and be like, hi, I need aftercare. <laughs> Support yeah. me, you know what I mean? So it's like you, you identified she clearly needed that. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, it's cool, honestly. It feels like um, you're in a space where people are being mindful of other people's boundaries like to the best they possibly can but again there's so many there's cooks in the kitchen right and so you're you're trying to navigate your own sexual experience and exploration and being aware of other people um which is a lot to to deal with at once um one of the things that um I know you're you mentioned that you are a single woman when you enter these spaces and so you're kind of working accordingly or working accordingly like behaving accordingly but for people who are interested in swinging um you know how would you encourage people to navigate swinging if you're in a relationship um I mean maybe it's two questions so I guess if you're already in a relationship how do you navigate swinging um if you're in a relationship and you're not swinging yet how do you navigate exploring it for the first time okay so i see that as i a very common question so we'll we'll talk about like couples who are in a monogamous relationship who want to start swinging so mm-hmm. i've had people come into the discord server as like a single person and put out to the group i'm in you know a relationship or a marriage where i want to bring up swinging how do I do that and that's mm-hmm. just always such a difficult thing to answer because everybody's like relationships are totally different right so yeah you know I just I guess it's just bringing it up to your partner in a way that you know in a safe way that you're just gonna have to risk the fact that that might not be met with happiness it might be met negatively and that's yeah you kind of just need to weigh the importance of that like you know can you continue living your life monogamously without exploring that avenue and can you be happy with that or Mm. is it that important that you really do need to discuss that and you know explore that with your partner if that conversation goes well and they want to explore it then obviously that's another discussion is how do you like get into the community as a couple who knows nothing about it and a lot of people will probably just like research um swingers clubs and just turn up to an event or turn up to a club as a couple or um like i said fab swingers what i mentioned earlier that's like the main kind of website that people use Mm. Um, so you could make a profile on that and then you know that just kind of works like any other dating website really where you just yeah. connect the people and then there will be like forums about events and stuff on there um but yeah i guess it just kind of depends what you want to explore within swinging as we mentioned earlier yeah the dynamics you can explore whether that's cup holding or you know full couple swaps or you know you want to go off separately and just pe- play on your own with somebody it's just it depends what you want to explore hmm. how do you this comes up anytime ethical non-monogamy is a topic I feel like on social media podcasts in general how do you navigate jealousy how do you uh suggest other people navigate jealousy yeah so um like especially when I was in 
you know, I've, I've explored a few kind of like situationships and relationships while I've been swinging. And mm-hmm. when I'm in a relationship, the main question that I get is like, how do you not get jealous? Or, mm. you know, how could you do that? And it's like, I do get jealous. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, of course. Like, you, you know, there's jealousy in any type of relationship that you're in, whether it's monogamous or non-monogamous. Like, yeah. you know, we're all human. Like, we've all got insecurities and I think the most important thing to do is just try and figure out why it is you're jealous first of all like is it because your partner's overstepping boundaries is it because mm. you know they're not treating you right or is it a you problem like have I got insecurities that's making me jealous so for example if you know I was unhappy with my body for example like and then you know, my partner played with somebody who, like, like for example, if I was, like, bothered about my weight, for example, mm. that was an insecurity of mine, and then my partner went and played with somebody who I thought was, like, you know, a lot slimmer than me or whatever, like, that yeah. could, like, spark a jealous feeling where I'm like, oh, well, like, maybe they like that person more than me because of this, that, and the other. And I think until you figure out why it is you're jealous, then you can, like, move on from that. So... You know, I mean, I was just using that as an example. That's not something yeah. that I would personally get jealous about. But yeah. if it was, then I would obviously discuss that with my partner and work on it because, you know, you, sometimes you do need a little bit of reassurance. Um, but mm-hmm. essentially, that's not really my partner's fault. Like, it's that's my problem. I need to be yeah. okay with myself before embarking on that kind of journey and yeah it does force you to do a lot of self-work and I don't think that's a bad thing I I think you know working on those insecurities it I think that is a big positive of non-monogamy for me is that it does make me work on myself because I'm very self-aware and I care about my partners and I care about my friends so much that I'm like, I can't allow my insecurities to like stop their phone or stop what they're doing. Mm. So I think it's just, yeah, it's just really important to discuss that. And, you know, if you are jealous for whatever reason and that's not something that can just be fixed overnight, which generally it isn't, like maybe readjusting your boundaries with your partner or your own boundaries of what you do yourself, until you can work that problem out which is why you know communication is so important within the scene because you know it's just without that communication there then you can't readjust your boundaries accordingly and you know it's just a massive domino effect on everything yeah yeah I've got um several friends who are ethically non-monogamous and they have like rules right it's not the same as setting up like a like a BDSM contract, but, but it's not different, right? It's, it's, you know, trial and error. Sure. But you know, there are situations in any non-monogamous or even like, I think certain kink situations where you do something or your partner does something that they genuinely don't realize is going to hurt your feelings. Um, and then you have to sit down and be like, cool, I, that didn't feel good one to your point like why didn't that feel good for me and also mm-hmm. like if there needs to be something negotiated a rule or a boundary communicated like what does that look like and is my partner on board with it too and like 
you know, the the friends I have who have like E&M contracts or wools, basically, like they sit down, they're like, yeah, we need to write something down that like that uh-huh. verbalizes what it is that we can do to avoid it. And like, then we just won't, we won't hurt each other in this, this way again. And like, it's that alignment is really important. Yeah, I think it opens up like difficult conversations where, you know, you've got to have them. And I think in like my previous monogamous relationships, there were a lot of things where you just wouldn't bring it up because it's just mm-hmm. better to leave it unsaid because you don't want an argument or, you know, you don't want to trigger yourself or whatever. But in this community and this lifestyle, you have to have those conversations. It's yeah. like, there's no questions about it you are going to have difficult conversations if you want a successful relationship in the lifestyle um and I just I feel like it it does bring on a lot of um you know you've got to do some quick maturing I think um yeah you know it does bring on relationships a lot quicker than you would normally like progress as well I think because you do to have those difficult conversations right at the start um yeah. i mean it might be different for people who start off their relationship monogamously and then develop into non-monogamy because then you've got that like steady yeah like, the history progress in regards to that but if you are meeting somebody like i did like six months ago i met somebody while i was on the swinging scene and i'm like you know, I'm not giving my, I'm not giving it up. So, yeah. you know, if you want to come on board, then you have to be on yeah. board. With it. And that's just how it is. And he was, he was like, yeah, I really want to explore that with you. And then, like, we had to like have those difficult conversations right at the start, like just when you're like starting to get to know somebody, and it, it is a bit weird like, having <laughs> yeah. those kind of conversations right at the start of like, you know, just seeing somebody, but it was necessary and that was interesting in itself seeing how quickly my boundaries adjusted like I've, I'd already explored swinging as a single lady like for mm-hmm. about a year and then so I was already kind of like you know I'd already I already knew what I liked and what I didn't like and yeah you know and then like having to go into a club with somebody else was like so taboo to me I'm like like I got myself in trouble a couple of times because we kind of set a bit of a boundary where because he we explored BDSM together so mm-hmm. he was like before we went to a club he was like yeah um you know I'm I don't think I'm okay with other people doming you and I was like okay yeah that's cool that's fine we can put that in in place no problem but because I was already well known on the scene as like quite a submissive kinky girl yeah <laughs> I remember being out on um, there was like a sun deck and we're having like a summer party so everybody was outside, there's a DJ outside, everybody's dancing, having a great time and yeah. my friend like came over to me and he was like oh my god I've got this new paddle and I was like oh cool, I was like so my immediate <laughs> reaction was to bend over and he just went bam and smacked me with his paddle and I was like and then I just looked over and my partner was just like Oh my oh, god. No. And I was like, oh my god, like yeah. I just you know, because I'm just in my in my swinging zone, what I'm, yeah. I'm used to being single and doing what I wanted, 
I just completely forgot. Like, I didn't yeah. mean anything bad by it or anything. But I was yeah. just like, no. <laughs> and like, he, he was really upset about it. And I was like, I'm yeah. so sorry. Like, I'm just, I'm really, like, just struggling to adjust to these boundaries. So, you know, it's not always a perfect journey, but yeah. I definitely remembered after that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's, I, and I was going to ask you, too, if you had any, like, stories of, like, mistakes you made that people can learn from. I feel like that's such a good one, because it, it, it would be natural for anyone to be, like, this is someone I know, they've got a cool new paddle, like, I'm going to bend my ass over because this is what I do. Like, I'm in my element and, like, this is who I am and, like... And because I'm quite well-known on the scene and I'm well-known in that club. Yeah. And I've got lots of friends there. They might not be aware that I... Like, they wouldn't have been aware that I was maybe even seeing anybody or that. Yeah. No, because... Like, they haven't got me on Facebook. They haven't got me on, like... Yeah. You know, my instagram and stuff like where you would normally get to see that like oh yeah that person's in a relationship now and blah blah, blah. so like yeah, yeah it's it, it's quite difficult to like stand there and go oh actually no that's not okay anymore i can't do that anymore yeah uh, so yeah I've, I've, I've had a couple of awkward situations where i'm <laughs> like oh i shouldn't have done that like but you know it's just yeah and luckily he understood he was totally fine with it once it explained i was like you know i just i'm sorry like it won't happen again kind of thing. um yeah yeah it's just it's just all a massive learning curve really. yeah but like that's i mean i i think there are pros and cons to to having to like expedite the seriousness the intimacy of a relationship to for sort of reasons like being a part of a of the lifestyle or being kinky or whatever right because like I think you do learn about yourself and who you are in this relationship and about them like pretty quickly um and that can be helpful right like if you if if you know being a part of the lifestyle being able to be yourself within your boundaries and your partner's boundaries like is important to you which obviously it is like you have to know if you know this other person is compatible compatible with with you in that way and like it's it's kind of trial by fire but like (laughs) but I think it's I mean it's a pro yeah so like when I think back to my last relationship and it all like span over like six months which for me, like when I'm in a relationship, it's usually like a very long term relationship. Mm-hmm. That's probably the shortest one I've ever been in. But when I think back to it, like, and I think about how much happened within that six months and how quickly it progressed, and you know, just how many different boundaries were like readjusted, and you know, it, it does move along a lot, a lot quicker in my eyes um, when you're in that situation. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing because I quickly realised that that person wasn't for me, which is yeah. fine because now I can move on to the next. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. somebody who's more compatible, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, switching gears quickly, but I think something really important that I want to touch on is I know you've talked about um, body image and positivity, body positivity um, for yourself oh. and 
in the space. And um, I'm curious how swinging changed or impacted kind of your relationship with your body and the way that you see yourself. Oh, I, I cannot say enough how much it changed my body positivity and my body mm. image. My entire life, I have been so like insecure about my body and mm. um you know just have a I had a lot of insecurities I've never ever looked at my body and thought you know I'm happy right now or you know I'm worrying about what other people think of my body um it was like one of the first events that I went to I was obviously really nervous because you know I'm gonna most likely be in my underwear in front of people and whatever and that's like terrifying so I remember turning up and at this particular event um you turned up just in your normal clothes and then after a certain time people start dressing down into their like underwear or whatever and um I remember being sat there and I I remember being sat on the sofa in the like social area near the bar and I just looked over and I just like saw a lady that you know she was like a plus-sized woman and she was just walking across the room in her like underwear just so confidently and so like I like just did not give a fuck and I was just yeah. like oh my god I was like that's amazing like I wish I could do that <laughs> and then I was like hold on I was like why why can't I do that like you know mm. and then the more events I went to and I'm just like looking at all these people with like similar body shapes to me or you know, like certain things that I'm insecure about on my body, seeing them on mm-hmm. other people. And I'd look at them and I wouldn't be thinking, oh God, like look at this on her body or look at that on her body. Yeah. I'm thinking, you go girl, you look amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it, the more I saw that, the more I was like, like, why, why can I not just do that? So mm. I did. So I just did it. I was like, I'm just going to do it. And guess what? I walked into a room full of people in my underwear and did one person look at me and like say anything <laughs> horrible or look at me in disgust or you know no like I walked into a room full of people and I was met with oh my god you look amazing like you know I just got all these compliments and mm. I was like wow I feel, I feel amazing right now and yeah that it, it really quickly changed things for me and the way I looked at my body like literally just a couple of visits to a club yeah um yeah and ever since i've just been part of a community that are just full of body positive people and yeah it's just been incredible it was such a quick journey for me but don't get me wrong like there is a lot of women who you know who take a lot longer to get to that point um like i know a couple of people who would have you know, took taking months and months to even consider what we said dressing down, which is like going getting into your lingerie or your underwear. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I will have my days where I'm just like not feeling it, but everybody has days like that. Um, yeah. And I've I've never ever seen any negativity in regards to like people's bodies at clubs or anything. So yeah, you know, it's just. I think the more you experience something and the more you put yourself out there, the more you're going to get used to that and the more at peace with your body. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's like such a leap in my mind to just say, I mean, like a like a like a brave leap into 
I can do this. I'm seeing other people. And um, I mean, like, everyone's got shit they're embarrassed about or self-conscious about. Um, so like you said, it takes, I'm sure, different spans of time. But um, I think, like, what a great way to just, like, take take the leap of faith and be like, you know what? Like, other people are doing it, and I think they look fucking great. And I can do it, too. Um and I know that you so you mentioned that you're um an escort and that you have done uh kind of OnlyFans and other cam girl stuff. Um how has some of that body to positivity and and confidence sort of helped you as you started exploring being a sex worker too? Yeah, so um I joined OnlyFans and quickly realized how actually difficult it is to make decent money from OnlyFans. Like in my head I was like, yeah. oh yeah, just join OnlyFans and post some pics and then I'm going to get loads of money. Um, no, it's a lot more obviously. <laughs> you've got a lot of work in it, you've got to be very consistent and, you know, I just wasn't in a position to be able to be that consistent with it. Um, so, I moved on to like, camming because that's like instant money, which is well, it's not instant money. That is also a bit of hard work, but it, yeah, <laughs> you can get money quicker than OnlyFans. So yeah. I started doing that, um, and I joined adult work. And then obviously, adult work is you know for escorting and cam girls. So obviously, yeah. once I started exploring the website and speaking to other women who did camming and escorting, I thought that I would just maybe try it because. In my mind, I can just walk into a club and have sex with a stranger and be totally cool with that. That that is absolutely fine with me. And um I enjoy doing that. So I'm like yeah. I was like, what what is really the difference between me, you know, doing that and escorting except that I get money for it? So that was <laughs> my way of thinking. Yeah. So so I tried it I was like I'm just gonna try it and then yeah I just really enjoyed it and I've been doing it for like a good like maybe three or four months now um this side of things so yeah yeah, that's how it kind of progressed came to fruition yeah so how do you balance um being a swinger and being an escort like are the do you like I guess you you're the communities are completely separate. There's no like risk of overlap. No, no. So yeah, I mean, I say that, but <laughs> like, obviously, I have my profile on adult work, which is mm-hmm. escort, and then I've had messages on Fab Swingers where they will message me and be like, "Oh, I've seen you on the adult work," because obviously, a lot of it just works on who's nearby in your location. Yeah. So, there's been some overlap there where I've had to like say to people like you know um I- I'm not gonna have sex with you for free but if you wanna if you wanna yeah hear me that's okay like that's fine yeah um, but um yeah I find that like that overlaps pretty interesting so like mm. of my Instagram for my coming and my adult work and stuff on my fab swingers which i've had to take off now because what will happen is i'll get lots of messages on fab swingers which i use for my personal sex life yeah and they will find my instagram and my professional 
stuff and they'll be like oh well you didn't reply to me on Fab's fingers so i'm trying my luck here instead and i'm like how do i say to these people that i will have sex with you for money but not for free because i'm not interested in you like yeah, yeah. personal life and so that's like a pretty interesting mix um but yeah 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 so just something that you have to like communicate the boundary um in order to like yeah like that's your like that's I guess the the tricky part but it sounds like you're like aware of it and just dealing with it but it's like yeah if someone reaches out to me and wants to pay me great if if I you know act like run into them at a sex club and want to have sex with them I'm not gonna ask them for money after like it's just the fine line too fine like like, separating my like professional work there yeah 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 it's just it is what it is i mean that's why i've taken my instagram off of my fabs fingers account because mm. it's just like any profession like you shouldn't really be mixing like your pro- like do you know what i mean you won't put your tinder yeah. on your linkedin would you like yeah, exactly <laughs> it's the same kind of thing isn't it like I, yeah because it's sex like it doesn't mean that i don't see it as work because mm-hmm. totally you know like when I'm with a client like that is work to me and I've got a job yeah. to do and you know that's the agenda but when it's you know swinging in my and fab swingers in my personal life that, that is for my enjoyment so yeah, it's, yeah it is easy for me to differ- differentiate the two it's just not so other not so easy for other people to differentiate mm. yeah yeah, no, I I think that makes a ton of sense and like is so important for other people to hear and remember is like you're working. Like when you're when you're doing sex work, when you're with a client, that's a job. And like that's not to say that you aren't like enjoying obviously like you not necessarily getting pleasure out of it the way you do personal sex experience, but you're consciously choosing to be a sex worker right so it's like yeah I you know I I could quit my job tomorrow if I hated it that much and like I'm sure you do the same with sex work right but um but like you have to separate it just because like naked bodies and someone's pleasure are involved doesn't mean that like it should just be treated like you're like it overlaps with your personal life from like the other people's perspective Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so um, we've covered a ton um, about swinging and, and, and sex work too, but, you know, for folks who are listening um, and are, you know, curious about exploring um, ethical non-monogamy, swinging, um, or even sex work, um, what are some key t- takeaways or like words of wisdom that you can share with people as they embark on an explorative journey? Yeah, so... um. I think my first tip would obviously be safety with mm. swinging, sex work, with anything. Like you just need to make sure you're safe and doing it as safely as possible. Like as, as an escort, yeah. like you know what I do is I will always tell like my close friends where I'm going, what I'm doing, and you know they have my location and things like that. If you're yeah. going to a swingers club, you know, maybe, um, again, making sure that, you know, if you're going alone, um, make sure that you're doing it as safely as possible. And um, what 
going back to what I did was I obviously like made a lot of friends on the scene before I embarked on a club and we kind of like went together. Um, yeah, and then it's just the same as online dating. It, it, it's just the same for everybody, really, isn't it? Whether yeah. it's swinging or not, you just, you know, the online dating scene is you just need to be safe. And that's yeah. my first tip. My second tip is, um, you know, maybe just being aware of what your insecurities are before embarking on any of this. Um, just yeah. protect yourself a little bit and, um, you know, just be prepared for if anything particular triggering might come up and just, you know, kind of mentally preparing yourself for that. Um, and just enjoy yourself with it. Like, the entire point of all this is just to make sure you're enjoying your life and, you know, exploring safely and, you know, just mm. having a good time and it's just not taking it too seriously. Um, yeah. So, like, for example, turning up at a club and, you know, if it gets to the end of the night and you haven't played with anybody as such or had sex with anybody, like, don't beat yourself up about that because... You know, you, you, you've probably still gone there and had a really great time socialising with people and, you know, having a night off from real life and just exploring that. Yeah. Um, so, because that's what I see a lot of, I do see a lot of people taking it way too seriously. Like, um, you know, if they haven't set up a meet or a play before they get to a club, they'll, like, panic about that. They're like, oh, God, I'm turning up and... You know, I haven't got anything set up with anybody, and they'll panic about that. Mm. And I'm just like, dude, just chill out, just go and have a good time. Yeah. If you if you have a you know a few drinks and a dance, and you know, like you would on a normal night out. I say normal. I mean, just like a vanilla night out, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> then you've still had a good night. Like it's not just all about the sex. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's super, that's super helpful. I think two really, really important tips um, and things for people to remember, but it's stuff like this is vulnerable, guys. Like we gotta, um, you know, you have to do the introspection and a little bit of the, like, the like self-exploration journey before. And then to your point, like have fun with it, right? Yeah. And like, there's always going to be somebody else on the scene who have got the like, same worries as you. And you will find them, like, whether that's, you know, just as somebody you want to be friends with or whatever, like, you know, when yeah. you're at club, like, if you're sat on your own and you're, like, looking all nervous and, you know, somebody will approach you and be like, hey, you know, are you okay? Like, do you want to come sit with us? Like, you know, it, I think it's just anything that you're nervous about, you probably don't need mm. to be and to just take that leap of faith into a great community and, yeah, have loads of fun. I love it. Azalea, thank you so much for your time today. This was super interesting. Um, I'm sure folks listening uh, will will think so too. And um, I just appreciate your openness and sharing your journey and your experience and, um, you know, telling us a little bit more about this community and this lifestyle. No problem. I've really enjoyed talking about it. (laughs) So thank you for having me. Thanks everyone listening in. Um, We'll be back next time. 